Hello, everybody. This is Adam W. Warner with the Don't Panic podcast. And today I'm joined by Michael Hull. Michael uh, lives in Asheville, North Carolina, and I met him at WordCamp Asheville this past weekend. And uh, Michael's a great guy. And we were talking about uh, maybe doing some podcasting together. So this is our first discussion about um, what we can do, what we should do, uh, what we shouldn't do, and just a little uh, get to know you. So, Michael, good morning. Thanks for joining me. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Now, uh, am I correct in saying that you are in Asheville or are you outside of Asheville? No, I am. I live in Asheville. Yep. Okay, cool. So, uh, Michael, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, um, where you grew up, how you got started with technology and uh, specifically with uh, coding? Absolutely. Um, so I, I grew up in East Tennessee, a town called Kingsport, um, which mm, I'm guessing maybe your listeners haven't heard of, um, but it's kind of a smaller town. Um, and it's actually an, about an hour away from Asheville. Um, so I've taken a big circular journey and sort of landed pretty close to home. Um, as far as technology goes, um, oh, Sorry Speaking about that. Speaking of technology. Um, <laughs> yeah. As far as technology goes, um, you know, I can remember being, you know, I was I was a child of the 80s. So I had my dad's um, sort of, I saw him progress through several different types of computers and was always interested um, in what he was doing. And, you know, this idea that there's a thing called a modem where you can talk with someone else on your computer. Um I can remember just being really excited about that concept. Like, I can't even believe that you're telling me the truth when you say that. Um, <laughs> things like, you know, getting my first mouse and being like, oh, wow, now I can go anywhere on the screen and not just where the keyboard lets me go, um, that sort of thing. And I, um, as far as coding goes, like, my, my background there is, like, um, I guess it's really rooted in math. I have always liked math. Um, at one point when I went to college, uh, I was going to study audio engineering. Um, I went to a school, Belmont university in Nashville, Tennessee, um, thought for sure I was going to be a sound engineer, um, you know, playing and recording music and all that good stuff. And then I realized during like my first or second semester that like, Hey, that, that requires like you know, some pretty intensive uh, business courses that I would have to take in college. I think it was something like 40 hours of business courses. And at the time, I thought, well, that sounds horrible. Um, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to study math instead, <laughs> um, which whenever I say that to someone, they're usually like, oh, so you didn't want business, so you went with math. That sounds uh, crazy. But for me, I've, I've always just loved math. It's kind of been the subject that I have always been the best at. And so I decided, hey, I'm just going to study math. Um, so I graduated with a math degree, um, went to math, uh, graduate school and got my master's in math. Um, I didn't really do any coding other than like in high school, I, I made a few HTML sites. Um, but other than that, there was not much coding that I had ever done before um, decided at one point I wanted to stop teaching math. 
um, for various reasons. I guess mainly a, it was just the repetition of you're doing the same thing every so, semester no. over and over. Let's back uh, up for for just a second. So sure. you graduated with your master's with a math, uh, a couple of math degrees, and then you went into teaching math. Yes. At what level? I was teaching at the university level. So that was part of the program. While I was getting my master's, I was a teaching assistant as well, um, teaching there at the same university, um, Northern Arizona, actually in Flagstaff. Um, and yeah, so I was teaching and getting my master's at the same time. And then when I got my master's, they they hired me on full time as an instructor. Okay. Um, uh, and so when you became... I would I'm maybe not disillusioned, but um, ready to do something different than teach. How did that turn into WordPress development? Well, so basically, I thought about my options. You know, what can I do when the only thing my resume says is that I've taught math? And it was very job focused. You know, I was like, well, I'm I'm stopping this one job. But I immediately need to find another one. Um, and I looked at a bunch of different areas that would utilize math skills. Um, and one of those, I actually, I thought for a while that I was going to be an actuary. Um, and, now, for, for our listeners who don't know, what is an actuary? So, sure, an actuary, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but a true actuary would probably just kind of chuckle. But <laughs> they essentially um, crunch a lot of numbers and they, you know, I guess the main example that I think of right away is someone who might work for an insurance company and they look at an insane amount of data and they come back at some point with a number to the insurance company and says, this is how much this premium should cost. Oh, okay. So they're doing a whole lot of probabilities, a whole lot of risk analysis, a whole lot of just general uh, number crunching. Um, and they're essentially assessing risk and trying to say, well, this person has this much risk. And so you should charge them this much for insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it goes way beyond the insurance world, but I didn't get too far into it. And that's that's sort of the impression that I had. Mm-hmm. Um and they, they have some pretty intense exams that you have to pass in order to even be considered um, for a job. And I, I passed one, uh, failed the second one, and pretty much at that point was well on my way to development anyways. And so I, I wasn't too worried about failing that second one. So did you uh, did you start development kind of on your own out of curiosity? And then that led into, hey, I could, I could do this for a living? Yeah, exactly. It was... Um, I had mentioned recording studios so that there's this overlap of like all three of those things, recording, um, actuarial stuff, and then teaching and development. There was like a short period where I was kind of in all four of those things, um, figuring out which one I wanted to do. And so the recording studio that I was, um, interning for at the time, um, in Nashville, Tennessee. It's always tricky because there's Asheville and then there's Nashville. (laughs) And when you say in Nashville, that can just be the worst sometimes. (laughs) Um, But when I was still living in Nashville, Tennessee, um, working at a recording studio and the guy says, hey, we need a website. Um, And that's kind of where it all began for me. Uh Um, I thought, well, hey, I can do that. And then um, 
you know, proceeded to go ahead and try to do that. Um, I actually built a site without WordPress um, for them and then tried to convince them later on to convert to WordPress. And I, I don't think that that ever really happened. And I moved away and everything like that. Um, but yeah, that was my first time when I, I thought, okay, well, they they need a website and they don't have anyone to build it. So I'm going to learn how to build it. And that's where, that's where the light bulb came on for me that, Hey, I actually know what these blog posts are talking about um, when they're talking about functions and variables and all that good stuff. Um, I was already very familiar with most of the concepts in programming. I just didn't really know it yet. Now, um, so that seems that seems like a, a great story because it's it's kind of uh, it's similar to mine that one you start out in one thing and it, and every little uh, let, every little pebble along the way leads to the next step and the next step and the new path and so um, I'm sure if we talk twenty years from now we'll both be doing something different but this uh, what mm-hmm. we're doing currently will be a, an integral part of of that path so. Um, let's go back to your childhood just a little bit, because what you talked about, uh, about getting familiar, uh, with computers, with your dad having stuff, I re- and it sounds like we may be closer in age than I thought. Um, I was born in 72. Uh, okay. so wh- wh- yeah, I was born in 80. Okay. All right. So we're not that far apart. So my first, um, my first introduction to anything technology was actually a toy that I received, uh, at Christmas and it was called 2XL and it was a robot and it was basically just this big rectangular thing that looked like a robot but in actuality it was an 8-track player and it came with I don't know four four or five 8-track tapes and he had this little robot voice and when you put a tape in it one of them was you know playing music and he would sing and this and that but what I really liked were these ones that were trivia so he would ask you a question, and as you might imagine with an 8-track player, if you're familiar, it, you had four, cho- four choices in the multiple choice. So it used the four tracks of the 8-track, so he would ask you a question and play you a sound clip of, um, of Neil Armstrong uh, landing on the moon or stepping foot on the moon. Mm-hmm. And then it would say, who said this? And it would play the actual audio of that, and so you would switch back and forth. And then fast forward to... Um, high, my high school, 10th grade was the very first computer class our school ever had. And it was really, um, a, a really, well, that's not the right word. A right word. It was, um, introduction to programming. So it was okay. line, line 10, run. Line 20, what is your name? You know, line 30, answer. <laughs> um, and it was that sort of thing. And, and that's when I, it, my light bulb really went on that, Oh, this is pretty cool. I can I can type in this text and you know create my own little questionnaire or my own game. Um, so um, without getting too deep into my story, it it connected with me. When it's interesting to hear stories about how people were first introduced to technology, you know, especially when you're in the '70s and '80s, and that was kind of the not the beginning, but the well, the beginning of the personal computing era, sure. uh, when people started to have them in their house and. Um, and the beginning of the home video game era, we had a. Uh, I was around for the introduction of Intellivision, 
um, mm-hmm. which came out about the same time as Coleco. And then, of course, um, Atari. Those were the big three at that time. And then, um, so Intellivision was a big deal in our house. It, uh, we spent a lot of time doing that. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was um, really Nintendo. And I guess that really speaks to the eight year difference that we just identified there. Because um, I can remember going to my parents' friends' houses for dinner or whatnot. They'd have an Atari. Um, I was young enough to sort of enjoy it, but not old enough to have one at home at the time. And then finally, when I did get my first system, it was the Nintendo with Super Mario Brothers. Um, yeah, that one was when I was in uh, in high school. Like I was uh, maybe 11th grade or so. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe 11th and 12th grade, probably. This would be 80, uh, 88, 89, 90. Um, but yeah, that was a when I would come home on a Friday night after being out with my friends or something, it, I would sit down and play Super Mario Brothers for hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So Michael, um, so you currently work in Asheville. You're currently working for Big Boom Design there, or are you contracting, or are you a full time employee there? Yeah. So I'm. Um, I have my own um, business, and I I contract for Big Boom Design. I'm essentially a sort of a de facto team member, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I, I go in there usually to their office at least three times a week. Um, and you know, love having other people around, you know, when you're, when you're sort of a one man, um, show, which is the current state that I'm in now, um, as far as my own business and, um, that sort of thing, it's, it can be extremely valuable to have other people to run ideas past to kind of, you know, the occasional joke or two here and there at the office, um, as opposed to just working from home and being by yourself all day. It's, it's invaluable to, to have a team like that to go and meet up with and interact with. Um, and so, yeah, big boom design, they've, they've been really instrumental in my particular story, I would say. Um, when I was transitioning, um, it was really hard to find work because my resume just said, oh, yeah, I, I went to college. Then I went to grad school and then I taught math for seven years. And now I want to do X, Y or Z. And it seems like no matter what it was I was trying to do, they would either say, well, you're overqualified or you're underqualified. <laughs> um, and if it wasn't teaching math, then it was like I wasn't um, qualified to do it in some sense. At least that's the way that they would sort of react um, to my resume. So yeah, I, I um, think that's probably that's probably indicative of um, you know individual companies and how their onboarding or interviewing process is, is mm-hmm. still kind of old school, right? So as you know, in our industry, um, like you've just shared, and and I'll share later. Uh, everyone that I meet in the WordPress community, whether it's a developer, a marketer, a blogger, uh, an agency owner, whatever, everyone has such a varied background that has led them to this point. So it's hard to get that all on paper, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I basically, um, was, I moved here to Asheville, um, 
kind of did, just did like math tutoring actually and um, was still kind of doing a little bit of remote work for some people I knew in Nashville, um, but really was taking a risk by moving here and not having a full-time job lined up. But um, I kind of did the math tutoring thing for a while and got by on that type of thing and um, started to reach out to some web people here in town saying, you know, I'd like to meet with you. Um, I think I could be a real good asset. I don't have um, experience on my resume doing development, but I know that I can. I had at that point taught myself PHP and it's pretty, you know, I considered myself, I didn't have anybody to compare myself to, but I had the thought that like, Hey, I'm getting pretty good at this. And I know that I can be a good asset to some company out there. And so I reached out to a lot of folks and boomer at big boom design, um, just said, sure, I'll meet with you. We went and got coffee one day. And, um, you know, from there, he, he was really the first person to, to give me a chance um, without necessarily me having any written experience on my resume. So that was very cool. And that's something I'll never forget. Um, and yeah, hopefully so be working let, with them for a long time. Let that be a lesson to everyone listening uh, that, no, it doesn't matter if it's on your resume or not. If it's a passion of yours, feel free to reach out. Feel free to cold call. Feel free to just get in front of people and say, hey, listen, this is what I can do. This is what I want to do. Uh, let me prove it to you. You know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a perfect example of yeah. um, just going for, for what, you, what you believe in, right? Yeah, and especially because I, I had this, it was just a deep down feeling that I know that this this stuff that I'm learning, I know that I'm just like sitting here on this like gigantic launch pad and I'm about to just completely launch off. And I know for a fact that this is going to take me far, but no one's giving me a chance right now, but I don't care because it's just going to take one person saying, okay, sure. And then they're going to basically, I'm just going to, as soon as someone gives me a chance, I'm just going to prove it to them a thousand times over that like, yeah, this is what I love to do. I'm really good at, you know, (laughs) functions and inputs and outputs and variables. You know, it's like I've lived and breathed this stuff my whole life in the math world, really without being aware whatsoever that it would cross over into programming. But Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I would, along those same lines, if anyone is sort of thinking, I have the passion, I know I'm good and I just want someone to give me a chance. Just, I mean, definitely hang in there because, um, people will give you a chance if you, if you find the right person. Right. Yeah. Create your own path and, and put it out there. Now that there's, so there's two things I want to touch on. If, if we have time, we're, we're getting close to the 20 minute mark. So I want to keep it fairly short, but, um, two things. So one is Chris Flanagan's talk at WordCamp Asheville about leveling up as a developer. Were you in that talk? Uh, I was not, unfortunately I was, I was at a different one. I really wanted to go to, to Chris's, um, but I, I read your review of it there and I, I talked to several people who were there as well, as well as Chris afterward. Um, super awesome guy. Um, but yeah, yeah, what what did you take away from his talk? 
Well, yeah, so he he's a great guy, and, and what I thought was great about his talk, so I'll just summarize it here for people who are listening. Basically, what Chris did was he talked about how he was um, programming, he was developing, he was creating plugins, he was creating custom themes, he was doing all kinds of stuff, um, and he kind of sat back and thought, okay, this is awesome, I'm awesome. I'm an expert. I know, I know it all. Um, and then come to find out through a series of events with, you know, different things he had developed in different companies he had worked for. He slowly started to see, well, okay, this could be better and this could be better. And I, Oh, I missed this and I missed that. And then when he finally reached out and got a mentor to look at his code, a more experienced programmer, um, and specifically with WordPress development and one with a background in security, Chris Weigman, um, he was like, Oh, Okay, so I need to really learn a lot more. But so the whole point was never get too big of an ego because there's always something new to learn. Absolutely. And, and never think that your code is perfect because it can always be better. And I just thought yeah. that was a good like personal life lesson, you know, not just for developers, but for everybody to just, um, you know, back in my uh, furniture factory days, they called it continuous improvement. <laughs> so uh, that's that's basically the idea there. So that's why I like that talk. Um, but I I wanted to go back to um, to working for yourself and working from home. Um, and I think we touched on this briefly because you, you had told me that story before about um, uh, working from home. And I've been working from home for the last four and a half four and a half years um, solo in my garage office or at the kitchen table and sometimes at a coffee shop. Uh, and I and I'm lucky to have had that opportunity. This is in regard to our plugin business, uh -huh. uh, fooplugins.com. Um, and we our first son was born a month before I came before I started working from home, so it was like perfect timing. Now we have two two young kids. And previous to that, though, I was working um, in a sales and marketing office for a ventilation systems company, and I was their uh, web development and internet marketing manager and was basically doing everything, right, with a couple of contractors here and there. And what I started to miss was that personal interaction, right? You know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm, I'm in some Slack channel groups, but there's nothing like being able to turn around and ask a question or get advice or make a joke or meet someone at the coffee machine at a co-working space and chit chat about something other than work. It's, it's just so super important. I think not only for your physical health, because you maybe have more reasons to get up from the actual chair, but also for your mental health, you know, mm -hmm. um, have yeah, you, I was oh, gonna say, if you're, if you're trapped inside your own head all day, um, that's a little bit, I don't want to say dangerous, but it's like, you know, for me anyway, my take on it is I don't want to live there all the time. And I definitely don't want to spend eight to 12 hours a day in my own head. And so, <laughs> yeah, I like agree. Said, I, I don't either. Just a real quick, like, Hey, um, you know, what's going on with, uh, with your kid or whatever, like, you know, just a one sentence exchange between another human being can sometimes uh, make all the difference. Yeah. It can it kind of break you out of that uh, laser focus. Like you said, inside your head. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I think, and what I've, what I've liked hearing about, and I haven't seen any specifically yet is at a few different word camps this year, people have touched on the subject of uh, mental health in, 
in the WordPress community. And, and that's a big part of it is, is many of us work remotely and trying to find that balance between remote work and, um, you know, in-person community interaction. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to see that continue. In fact, um, I'm, I'm doing a somewhat related talk, uh, in the fall at a WordCamp, uh, but it's more about, it's more about mindset, right? So there are a lot of people that are, um, maybe not so much these days, but in my era, people, once they had their degree, they would, their intention was to go to work for a company for 30 years, right? work in the same building and, uh, then retire and live the life they wanted. Um, and so my talk is going to focus on my story because I, I started out there and then from, um, one step to another, I made it to where I am today, which like I said earlier in the, in the chat, um, that will probably change 20 years from now, but we'll see. Right. So, yeah. So, okay, Michael, well, uh, we're getting up, uh, on time here. So I wanted to throw out, an opportunity for you if you had any specific questions for me, if there was anything specifically that you wanted to share with anyone listening, uh, WordPress people or otherwise, uh, that might be on the top of your brain these days. If, if nothing, that's okay too. Well, um, you know, I'm just, um, I guess immediately the WordPress wise, the, the first thing that I've comes to my mind that I've been thinking about lately is, and I wrote a blog post about this too. Um, I have my website is resoundingechoes.net. Um, and I have a blog post on there about extending the WP post class. Um, and that's maybe a little more technical than you were thinking, but, um, that's something I'm really interested in. And like, have other people done it? Um, do they think it's a bad idea? Do they think it's a good idea? Um, you currently can't extend the class because it's, they have it programmed as a final class. Um, but I found a, a ticket on track that says um, that they are going to make it extensible at some point. Um, and so I've, I've honestly never heard anyone talk about this. Maybe people are doing it in their code and I just haven't noticed. Um, but I'm super interested in that. Um, you know, that kind of thing, that's more of like a PHP issue. Um, but in the WordPress world in general, I'm I'm kind of just peeking my head out of my little cubby hole here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, WordCamp Asheville last year was my first ever WordCamp, and then this year was my second ever WordCamp. And so I'm really interested in going to um, WordCamp Nashville. I believe I'm going to hit that this year um, and just kind of see what else is out there. And for you, I guess, maybe one question I would have is, what are some of your favorite work camps you've been to? Cause I know you're way more of a vet uh, than I am in that area. So maybe some of your favorite word camps that I might put on my radar. Sure. Well, first I want to say that uh, discussion about extending the post class um, ha- uh, sounds awesome. Have you gotten any, uh, any replies on track or through your site? And have you had any opinions on whether people are starting to think that's a good idea or a bad idea? Well, so the, the track ticket actually wasn't mine. It was, um, opened by a guy, um, Carl Alexander. Um, and he, yeah, he's basically asking like, why is it a final class? Why can't we extend it? And then, um, Andrew Nason responded and said, basically, 
Um, it's not ready yet. If we were to make it extensible, then, um, you know, people would write their plugins in such a way that we could never do things in the future without breaking um, everyone's sites. And uh -huh. so I think that they're, they're waiting to get a lot more stuff standardized before they go ahead and say, yes, you can extend this class. Um, but I, I did, I tweeted about it a little bit. I got several people that liked my tweets on it. <laughs> so I take that as like, yes, we're thinking about this too. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, I, I haven't heard a whole lot of response, but I do, I mean, I, I definitely look up to Carl, um, and sort of follow him. And if he's thinking about it, then, um, then I take that to mean I should also be thinking about it. Yeah, well, that that makes sense. That um, that Nason would want to make sure that um, everything is in place in order to not into to um, retain backward compatibility, compatibility and not break plugins and stuff. But maybe um, as you follow along, maybe there'll be an opportunity to contribute to core if everybody um, starts working on that. You know? Yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. Yeah. So to answer your question, my favorite WordCamps, well, I took a four-year hiatus mostly, uh, but before that, WordCamp Phoenix were, was probably one of my favorite WordCamps overall. Um, and the reason for that, and I've been to two, and the they were both so well organized, and the location and venues were, were perfect. So the, the hotel, so there was a hotel, and then you walk right off the hotel property and you're on kind of one of the main streets. Um, it was actually in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, so okay. it was a, about a block and a half walk to the street where all the restaurants and pubs and things were. And then after that was a co-working space, which everybody was invited to go to during the camp if they needed to do certain things. And there were a couple like before and after sessions held there. Uh, and then right across the street was the event location. So it was all very compact. You didn't have to Uber around. Well, Uber wasn't around, I don't think. Well, maybe they were <laughs> in those days. I, I didn't use them. Um, this was like 2012 and 2013, I think. Okay. Um, or maybe 13 and 14. doesn't matter. Uh, so, yeah, Phoenix would be one of my favorites. Uh, Pressnomics is also a favorite. That yep, is, I've heard of that one. Yeah, that is not an officially sanctioned a WordPress event because it's not a WordCamp. It's more of a business focus. Um, right. And when I attended there was, I think we had, yeah, I think we had started Foo Plugins. I think we were into our first or second year. Uh, and you're there with people who are all doing the same thing. They all, there's a bunch of people that have contributed to core. There's a bunch of people with a bunch of free, free plugins and themes in the repos, but then they were also monetizing their themes and plugins and other SaaS services around WordPress. So it was really good to, to talk to people who are kind of in the same boat, all trying to figure things out. Yeah. Right. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I'd say WordCamp Phoenix, if they do it again, and then uh, Pressnomics and I'm, Really looking forward to going to WordCamp Europe in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, about two and a half weeks, I think. It's, it'll be my first time to Europe. It'll be my first time to WordCamp Europe, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. So that sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, the downside of that is I'm gonna miss my wife and kids terribly while I'm gone. Uh, this mm -hmm. year, I've been traveling quite a bit, and it's been, you know, after four and a half years every day with your kids, and then you're gone for a week. It's you come back, and and I swear they they look totally different. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, so all good. Well, uh, Michael, thanks so much for your time. Thank uh, you. This has been... Oh, I should mention, too, for those wondering, if, if you're wondering, Michael and I are testing out a service today that I found a few weeks ago, or I learned about, called Zencaster. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Uh, it is in beta officially, uh, but what it does is allows you to start record and produce your podcast all from your browser so you don't need any downloadable software all you need to do is allow audio access via your browser it works over a voip service i gave some feedback to the guy in charge josh josh i don't remember his last name right now but he's really um receptive to feedback and he does plan on monetizing at some point in the future via um some subscriptions but so far so good and uh just wanted to Give him a shout out there. Cool. All right, Michael. Well, uh, until next time, have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and stay tuned for the next Don't Panic with Adam W. Warner.